Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast, episode 404, where tonight we're going to be diving into the comments of James Cameron, dealing specifically with what he claims the break-even number for the film is which has been quite an interesting saga to follow, as originally he seemed to imply that it would need to make $2 billion. He then corrected corrected his thoughts and said that, oh, probably, you know, movies that would lead us to believe it around $1.5 billion, even saying that he thought that they were within a few days of hitting that break even. So these are all coming from the man himself, many of whom there are uh, quite a, a few, quite a, a plethora even, of, of supporters of his who are, are quite supportive of him to, to a very, very <laughs> intense degree, to say the very least. So we'll talk about that. We'll see exactly what he has said and what the implications for the movie are if indeed what he says is true versus what the actual studio is saying. We also course, are in the season of Epiphany, Blessed Epiphany Tide. Uh, yesterday was the official feast of Epiphany, though, of course, one of the unfortunate things that have happened in, in the church over the many centuries is that things have become much more lax over time. So even though it's not even a holy day of obligation, they have decided to transfer, transfer the feast to Sunday, which makes no sense because the whole point of the 12 days of Christmas is to lead up to the Epiphany of our Lord. But I digress. Before going any further, though, please make sure that you smash that like button, lap that fire button if you're watching on Odyssey, and smash the rumble button if you're watching over there. And uh, thank you again for joining. We also, tonight, it's not in the title, but it should be pretty well known at this point, that we are having our, our, our kickoff, our, our kickoff vote of the Wednesday Raven Awards, the 2023 Wednesday Raven Awards. That's right. Our first round of voting has begun. This vote is specifically going to be whether or not we keep the categories as they currently are or if we change them. Right now, I can say, because I, I, I try to be as transparent as I can, that right now there are no categories at risk of going away. But let's say maybe you are like, hey, I really think this category should go away and I really think that this category should should take its place. Well, the first thing we have to do is decide, okay, are we keeping the categories or not? And then once we've determined the categories, which again, voting will end Sunday, it's a very easy ballot. You're just going through the categories saying keep, drop. It's pretty simple. So whatever we have on Sunday, if any of the categories get dropped, Theoretically, could still happen, right? There's still time. If any of the categories get dropped, then at that point, a, another poll will open asking for suggestions. And then from there, we'll take whatever gets the most suggestions and then have those on a ballot. But let's say that what I think likely will happen, let's say that the categories remain as they are with no changes. Well, then at that point, we'll open up the ballot to recommendations, to nominations, and get the nomination process started collecting those nominees over the course of the next month, and then releasing the official list of nominees for the various categories by the end of the month, lining it up with the Oscars, because for those that are new to the channel, for those that are new to the channel, this is uh, 
This is our Oscars boycott. Tired of all of the woke identity politics nonsense. Really just the the political show that the Oscars have become for many, many years. And uh, so for several years now, we have just been saying, screw you. We're going to do our own thing, do our own show. And uh, it ends up being a lot of fun. Ends up being a lot of fun. And it probably has about as much meaning as far as (laughs) actual meaning for whether a film is good or not as does the Oscars, because the Oscars have become mostly meaningless at this point in time. But if you want to be able to cast your vote, again, there have been social media postings of the ballot form. It's a Google form. You can, of course, vote there. Um, I will be posting it in all of the chats. Abomination, what's going on? Thank you very much for joining over on Odyssey. So I'm now posting the link to the form over in the YouTube chat. And for anyone watching now or entering in later on, I will post the link for you there as well. So let your voice be heard. Let your voice be heard. We are uh, not necessarily a democracy because ultimately I have final say. But I do take your input Again, if you determine, hey, I want this category gone and the majority of people agree, the category goes away and it gets replaced. So that is how we run things here on OMB Reviews. Let's go ahead and say hello to the people in the chat. We got Kimberly G, Killian Shadowcat. What's going on, Kimberly G? Starting us off at 626 today. Remember that I typically fall 20 to 30 minutes behind. So if you are new to the channel or if you aren't around the channel that often, just remember that you don't need to double post things or triple post things because I will get to your comments as long as you tag at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, tag at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, um, then you are in good shape. Speaking of good shape, very, very happy, very, very happy to see Tina B in the chat. Um, Tina, we have been praying for you uh, every stream. Uh, people have been asking, you know, how is Tina? Let you know, please let us know what what's going on. And I've been keeping them updated with all the updates that you've been able to post on on Discord and uh, on occasion on on your Gilded channel. So everyone has been very much looking forward to uh, hearing from you. So very happy to see you in the chat. I know that you are still struggling with uh, seeing everything clearly. So. I am speaking to you, um, and I, I don't, I don't uh, expect you to type anything out in response, but just know that you are loved, that you are missed, and that you are getting a lot of people, a ton of people right now in the chat, sending you good vibes, waving to you, and sending you uh, hearts and love and everything else. So again, shout out to Tina B, Empress of the Universe, for jumping back in, first time back in the chat for one of the streams. Thank you again, and we are praying for your very, very speedy recovery. You got this, and we know that you got this. All right, let's go ahead and jump back into it. 644, we had the Master of Gaming, hail to you. And then he adds on to say, James Cameron said the movie broke even and is planning more Avatar movies after The Way of Water. Well, okay, you can just spoil what we're going to be talking about because we're going to, again, not just talk about what he's claiming, but really what the implications of what he is saying indicate. Because if the film has only just broken even and it hit just about, what, $1.5 billion, meaning that its break-even point was $1.5 billion, that means that the production budget on this movie is much higher than what they have told us 
That means that Disney is either withholding or is lying about the production budget or that they are just spending so much on marketing to such a degree that it is leading to a ballooning of the amount of money they need to make back on this film. Also, if it is indeed true what James Cameron is claiming, it means that only now have they actually started to make profit. See, this is the thing that people don't quite understand. The reason why the words of James Cameron are important is because, one, he is the filmmaker. He is the one who would have some of the best idea about how much this film actually costs to make, for one. And two, he also would be the one that has the most to, to, to win or to lose by this. Because if his entire existence in Pandora, which he's made very clear, that's where he's going to spend the rest of his life, um, it seems at the very least, is in Pandora, then if Pandora does well then that means he can make more. And if it doesn't do well, then, then that means that he has to look at something else, which personally I really hope and, and, and wish he would do. But alas, people are going to see his movies and going to support him. Not in the droves as I think some people might think. There's no doubt this movie is, is making a killing worldwide just at the raw box office before you take into account how much actual profit's being made. When you cross $1.5 billion the amount of time that it's made, and you're well tracking towards $2 billion, again, that's very good. It's very strong. However, it also shows us, when we look at the actual individual theaters, that people are going to see this specifically in IMAX 3D, and are not going out of their way to go see the film just in a general sense. What I mean by that is that there are tons of people going to see the film in IMAX, in IMAX 3D, right, in the premium showings, but you don't have the the same type of viewing in today's world in 2023. And this applies to all movies, not just this one, but all movies. You're not seeing just the same level of regular, ordinary moviegoers who are going to go see a movie in, in, in a 2D theater. I've, I've looked and checked in my own local theater. I've had other people check at theirs and, and screenshot it, showing that when it comes to the regular 2D showings, again, the cheaper showings, no one's seeing them. The, 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 the theaters are essentially empty. You go to the IMAX, you go to any of the premium ones, That there are a ton of people in there. So the reason why that's important to, to reference is because it shows us, one, why the film is making as much money as it is, because it is making a lot, but also, two, it helps us to restate uh, the fact that the amount of tickets, the amount of individual tickets actually being sold for this movie are far less than what we had seen in the past. If you go back to the first Avatar film especially, you you did not just have the IMAX 3D showings uh, selling out. You, you had every showing selling out, regardless of the format. That's changed. And again, this is for all big tentpole movies. This is for all the big budget films. MCU, DCEU, whatever it is. This has been what's been going on. So it is important for us, as always to be honest and to be straightforward. And I think that that is something that I would be calling on from Disney, in fact, James Cameron including included. I think that they should come out and tell us, hey, how much did you actually spend on this movie? What was the actual break-even point? Because guess what? I guarantee you the investors in your company probably would like to know that. Because if we're going based off of what you're reporting, if we're, if we're going based off of what you are saying the film cost, the movie should be right now. And again, my charting is using what the studio is saying, 
The, the movie's at $200 plus million in net gain profit. That's big. If we're going by what the filmmaker James Cameron's saying, guess what? The film's just broken even, according to James Cameron. The filmmaker. So that's why it's important. That's why we're going to actually go through what he said, what he tried to clarify, but also what issues still remain regardless. Anyway, so not going to jump into the story fully yet, but just giving you a little taste of what that's going to be. Master Gaming always trying to jump into things too quickly. Uh, Keely Chow, what is going on? Welcome. Thank you for being here. Baby Thor doing well. He is sleeping. Uh, and the Lady Freya also doing well. Bruce, what's going on? Bruce, he is a member. And he's had to say, I saw Megan today and loved it. I, that's what I've been hearing. I, I've been hearing a lot of positive things about this movie. Very uncommon for a horror film, especially um, in January, to be released in such a way that it actually ends up being good or better than expected. Now, I know some people might say, well, it's not really a horror film. It's more of a, a little bit more of like a sci-fi thriller type story, um, but it's good to hear. It's good to hear that the movie actually might be better than what the trailers made it out to be. Um, if the film is actually good, I would say that they should fire their marketing team because I think the marketing for it was was abysmal as far as the trailer is concerned. The other marketing that they're doing with all of the creepy dolls and, you know, in different places and stuff, I think, again, just like with Smile, remember how that was very effective with Smile was just that very smart marketing? I don't think this one's nearly as polished as it was for Smile, but it is still seemingly having enough of an impact for people to say, what in the world's going on? Oh, I need to see what's going on with this. Um, however, I also will, will add that I saw some of the pictures from the premiere and seeing the director dressed up as one of these dolls. I don't know. That 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 kind of scares me away from the film more than anything else. Uh, he then adds on, I'm sure they'll have an R cut for the Blu-ray uh, in addition to the PG-13 one. So is this a, so he got a PG-13 release and likely has a, an R showing. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, General Wingster, time to say, hey, and menu dropped on Max a few days ago. We'll check it later. Yeah, hope that you do, and I hope that you enjoy it. Again, is it the greatest film ever? No. Is it one of my favorite films of this year? Yeah. It, it's one that I continue to go back to and to think about and say, you know, I really kind of want to watch it again and, and kind of see if there's things that I missed. Again, it was very enjoyable. Keck44, what's going on? Welcome back into the chat. Thank you for being here. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member, hail to you. We got Mr. Peabody, Mr. Peabody. It's been a while since I've seen you here in the live chat, but always appreciate you being here. The the, the puppy that you have been uh, watching, dog sitting for, it's adorable. Uh, Hamilton Burger, time to say happy alternate Christmas, Odin. Ah, there's only one Christmas, and it's December 25th. I have all love to my Orthodox brethren out there, but uh, there's a lot of scholarship to indicate that December 25th is is the actual day. So January 6th, Feast of the Epiphany, still a very important feast day in the church, um, but blessed epiphany to you. Let's see, Orange Review says, I am back now that I have a charger to watch streams again. Oh no, what happened to your other charger? That's what I want to know. Rosie G12, hail to you. Thank you for being here. Great Wuda is in the chat as well. Hail to you. We got Rolling Chairs in the chat. What is up? We got Laura, the modern major general of the channel. Thank you for joining us earlier on the Salty Nerd Podcast, the Salty Morning, uh, Saturday Morning Podcast over at the Salty Nerd Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, they have been gracious enough to invite me to join them on Saturdays. And so most Saturdays, I will be able to join them. And we had some pretty good discussions today. 
Jenner Wingster Dag say, James Cameron, eh, I, I mean, I believe we started making profit around $500 million or so. Yeah, it seems to change uh, every time he gives an interview. Uh, Bongo Tez says, how many $1 billion movies do you think we will get this year? Well, things have been improving year to year since COVID, but that's not difficult to do, seeing that the COVID year especially were just <laughs> abysmal because theaters were closed, etc., how many billion dollar films do I think we're going to get? I think there's an opportunity for probably, I'm just going to throw a random number out, five. Uh, as much as I don't want Fast 10 to do well, I, I still do think that the Fast and Furious franchise is a massive international property and probably will be able to push itself past a billion dollars. Um, the Marvel films are always uh, contenders, right? Those are always films that could, could have that potential to do um, well. There's, of course, also the Aquaman film coming out at the end of the year. Um, I, I I probably will surprise some people. I think films like Flash, for instance, I could see Flash being a, a giant bomb. DCEU films have just not been tracking very well. The only really, really successful film that they've put out that's made well over a billion dollars and surprised a lot of people was the first Aquaman movie. You know, Wonder Woman did well. Then Wonder Woman 2 came out and it lost a ton of money. So we'll see. We'll see how this one does. Rob Deep says, hello, Odin. I picked up a bunch of Blu-rays this week. Two notable ones I picked up were Top Gun Maverick and Bloodshot. Nice. Top Gun Maverick absolutely can uh, support that one for sure. One second. Still dealing with a little bit of a cough. A little bit of a cough. And I, of course, uh, because I was trying to rush, because I was uh, finishing up dinner with, with the lady Freya, so I, I had all of my stuff down here, but then didn't bring it into the room. So normally I have my fan on to keep it nice and cool, don't have my fan on, and then also normally have my water in here, don't have my water. So we'll, we'll see if I can make it through the show without, without my water. I need my water. Um, but anyway, Top Gun Maverick is a fantastic release. Uh, definitely recommend picking that thing up on, on 4K especially. Lance Molotan say, your Avatar Saga was the highlight of YouTube this week. Thanks again for the great content. Well, thank you very much, Lance Mala. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, a lot of hate. A lot of hate in those comment sections. People who are not fans of the fact that I am being critical of the movie. And I know that there's also, right, this 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 common thread of like, well, you're you're just attacking the fans. And that's not right. And that's hypocritical. It's like, well, here's the thing. If you're going to cult for a movie, at the very least, be self-aware of it. If you're going to cult for a movie, at least be self-aware of it. Um, but you also are entitled to your opinion, and I respect your opinion if you like the movie Avatar, but you're not entitled to your own facts. And, and the facts are that there are two parts when it comes to any creative medium. There are objective qualities and there are subjective qualities. And if you subjectively enjoy the film, guess what? That's you, the subject. The object, the film itself, guess what? There are criteria for what makes a film good or bad. At the crux and at the core of every film is a story. If your story is not good or has severe flaws, then the movie itself as a film is not good. You can still enjoy it. You can still have a good time with it even, and you can even you could even be like, hey, I enjoy these parts of the story. But there is an objective element. And I love when I get the response of, no, you're wrong. There's no objectivity in films. 
the easiest response and the easiest example I can give is this. If you're going to say there's no objectivity in films, then you would have to say that Tommy Wiseau's The Room is an objectively good film. Is an objectively good film. If you've seen that movie, even, even if it's the first movie you've seen, or it's the first of that genre, or you don't have a lot of you know knowledge of films in general, you watch that movie and you say, that's a bad movie. That's a bad movie. Objectively. But I still thoroughly enjoy it. It's still one of my favorites of all time because of how bad it is. Now, again, I'm not saying Avatar is as bad as The Room. I use that extreme to give the example, right? It's, it's called hyperbole, right? Hyperbolic language to try to convey the idea that it proves the point that objectivity absolutely exists. But anyway. Great Widow says, last Wednesday, I watched The Menu and You Are Right. Great film. Glad you enjoyed it. All right. Here is Tina says, I'll not be voting on The Ravens. Can't see them anyway. Uh, but put a Will, Will Smith smack a, ca- smack a ball cast iron skillet nomination in there and shake it up a bit. Uh, again, Tina, if the people vote for one of the categories to go away, that absolutely will be one I'm sure because a lot of people were liking that idea in the Discord to to replace one of the categories. But right now, again, as of the as of the last time I checked the voting, no categories have been uh, voted off. No categories have have lost votes. Um, and uh, the the lowest vote right now. So again, it's a keep or drop vote. And right now, the lowest keep percentage is at 75%. And it's, uh, again, I, I just, by Sunday, I do not see there being enough votes out there to be able to get rid of any of the categories. So, and I know some people say, well, not, why not just add categories? Well, we already have a lot of categories in the first place. So adding more is just, I think would just be overkill. But also, I really like the standard of having the number of categories that we have because I have a very strong affinity towards uh, something known as Oscar bowling, or at least, again, I used to do Oscar bowling. And essentially, if you make predictions in categories for the Oscars, because of the number of categories, if you give value to those categories, so let's say, well, there used to be 23 categories, I believe, at the Oscars. They recently combined the sound categories and stuff. Again, stupid Oscars. That's why we're boycotting them. But... If you put, let's say, the pick, right, you're making prediction of what's going to win. If you have a lot of confidence in that pick, you would then put it at the number 23 spot because that means if you get it right, that's 23 points. And it's called Oscar bowling because if you get every category correctly and you add those points up, guess what? You get 300, which is bowling score. So it's fun. So that's why the number of categories is going to remain the same at least this year, maybe in the years that, you know, go ahead, maybe we can talk a little bit more about, um, you know, changing that up a bit too. But for, for, for now, the, the choices are to either keep the category or to change it. And as I said, right now, there are no categories that are at risk of falling away. Laura then goes on to add best stunts and best one-liners are my favorite. The best one-liners and quotes are absolutely my favorite for sure. And uh, the stunts are fun, too. I I remember last year I was able to put together like a a sizzle package, a a video package of some of the stunts and uh, some of the one liners as well. And uh, yeah, YouTube didn't like that. But that's the reason why I multi stream. 
Over on Odyssey, speaking of that, he says, Don't worry. After the Super Mario Brothers movie comes out, you can replace the supply of water in your room with a supply of pineapple on pizza. How dare you, Abomination? How dare you? I still do not think that that film is going to get a billion. I think it's going to do well. Don't see it doing a billion. Kinkane Rumsky over on Rumble. What's going on, brother? He says, How would you say Avatar 2 compares to the 80s classic Strange Brew? Have never seen Strange Brew. I have it. I want to watch it. But I cannot say how it compares. But just based off of who I know is in Strange Brew, I would have to say Strange Brew is better. <laughs> uh, Raffles three uh, seventy eight ninety two. Welcome to the chat. Thank you all again for being here. And again, no matter what platform you're watching on, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin at the very beginning of your comment, it lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. And again, please do not spam the same question over and over again. I fall. Uh, about 20 to 30 minutes behind right now i am at 704 in the chat it's 725 in real life so i'm about 20 minutes behind so i'll get through uh these last comments before it jumps and then we will dive into our our story talking about what james cameron is saying and uh and what's actually going on with it so let's see these last comments Let's see. Tina says, I nominate the rules. Cast iron skillet upside up, upside the face category. <laughs> That's not how this works. The way the way the way you're wording that, Tina, it almost sounds like you're you're on the, the floor of the House of Representatives. I don't know if anyone else was watching the debacle that was <laughs> the House vote. Um, it was amazing. It was it was a, a phenomenal thing to see. Uh, but by the way, also, if you want to have a voice in whether or not the categories that we have for the Ravens, which is our Oscars boycott. I'm posting those links in all of the various locations. So again, you can vote at that link and you can decide whether that category is something that you think should be kept or dropped. Um, but it is interesting. I nominate the rules. It's like, we're not voting on a rules package here, Tina. <laughs> Uh, and I see in the live chat, Laura just says, I second Tina's rule. That's not how this works. This is not a democracy. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So chat jumps on me like it always does. Uh, oh, okay. We got we got some chat. So I want to make sure that none gets skipped. So I'm going to go ahead and and I'm going to I'm going to take back my time. <laughs> now, now using congressional language, I, uh, I yield back my time. And now I'm going to go back into the chat so that way. We don't fall too far behind. Uh, Tina says, I think someone take me. I'm sorry. I can't see anything that you're saying to me and reply. I'm so sorry. The stroke really messed up my vision. I'm thankful it wasn't worse. So yes, uh, again, for those that maybe have been out of it for a bit, uh, again, Tina had mentioned this and had uh, let us know that we could share that she had suffered from uh, several mini strokes that led to a, a loss of vision, um, a uh, some 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 issues with vision as well so she can't see the smaller text um so tina if you can listen to i think it was the last stream i did <laughs> again if you can find it <laughs> i asked uh i asked steph in that to uh if she was watching or listening to see if she could maybe send it to you to listen to because i was reading off all of the comments uh, of what people were saying um and let's just as i said earlier um there's nothing but love there's nothing but love for for you in the chat as people are now still continuing to try to act as if this was Congress or something. JS Pena, what is going on? Welcome. 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 Soul assassin who is now a member. Hail to you. 
Thanks for being here. Again, uh, Scott McKenzie was the one who was gifting those uh, memberships the other day. Forever Sci-Fi says, Can we get a category for classic movie I would rather watch than anything for modern Hollywood added? Um, I, again, we have to drop one of the categories first. So uh, get your caucus together. Right, so if we're gonna use our, our congressional language, you you need to get uh you need to find the, the caucus, right? You need to uh, whip the votes together, right? You need uh, a congressional whip in in the party uh, of whatever your your party or Congress of uh, of your caucus is, and then you need to be able to whip those votes, and uh, you need to be able to then get rid of the uh, one of the categories. But until that happens, until that happens. Uh, the votes will stand as as they are voted on. So two more have voted since then. And I, I will check towards the very end. Shelby Love is what's going on. Welcome. But again, I will gladly take nomination recommendations, right? Category recommendations only if categories are struck down. Bruce had to say, tell Tina we all love her very much. I think I was able to cover that. Uh, Tina then says, I miss you a lot. Keep praying that I can add my side. That should be... And you can find me on both uh, Filter and Discord. Uh, I think that was, was that supposed to be Twitter and Discord? Or uh, Gilded, maybe Gilded. Uh, I'm going to sign off. Absolutely. Uh, General Wingster says, If I vote for the Ravens, promise you won't come to my house and slap me if I make a joke. Well, again, if you vote for the Ravens, uh, the way I have it set up with the Google form is that it does not collect... Uh, email addresses, and it does not collect any other data. Uh, the site I used to use actually collected uh, IP addresses. It was one of the ways of trying to make it so that people didn't vote more than once. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's why I'm not using that one uh, this year. Uh, J.S. Pena says, uh, I know New Year's is over, but what are your thoughts on Ghostbusters 2? It's quite a random comment, but I like it. I know it's not the favorite for some. But I thoroughly enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Soul Sass member saying, Are you saying Disney is cooking the books? I'm shocked. Shocked. Well, not that shocked. Well, I'm not saying they're cooking the books. I'm just saying that something's not quite right when numbers are being released for what this film costs, and then the filmmaker is coming up with very different implications for what those numbers might actually be. Forever Sci-Fi then says, Maybe Cameron has to share revenues with his ex-wives. Oh, Zinger. J.S. Pena, happy birthday to Jeremy Renner and Nicolas Cage. I pray for Mr. Renner's recovery. Absolutely. I didn't know it was both of their birthdays, but happy birthday to them. And yeah, absolutely praying for the recovery of Jeremy Renner. Uh, Laura says, Fathom Events, our Fandom Events is showing Roman Holiday in theaters. I think that's Fathom. Uh, is showing Roman Holiday in theaters on January 22nd for the movie 70th anniversary. Yeah, I saw that they were having that. And yeah, Fathom Events has been really good about showing these older films on their anniversaries. For sure. Uh, I see that Laura has uh, put someone in time out. So I appreciate you keeping track of anyone trolling. Uh, I, of course, will still look at the comments, though. If there was a, at one point a legitimate uh, post or question or something that wasn't, uh, you know, off off the rails, then I will still gladly uh, respond to it. But again, I fall 20, 30 minutes behind because I read the comments when they tag me. Yeah, don't be rude. Input latency time to say, hail and God bless. Peeps, today's a good day. Merry Christmas to our Greek uh, Orthodox brothers. Selly uh, Sound had to say, was Jesus killed because of cancel culture? All Jews ganging up on him, asking the Italians to kill him. What? Very odd question. 
Uh, Bruce <laughs> tagged to say, I was at the theater today and I saw that Avatar 2 only had a few 2D showings each day. The rest is all 3D. And again, that's also something that me and I know Valiant Renegade has talked about this a lot as well. That means that the average ticket price for Avatar is vastly higher than what it would have been for the initial release of Black Panther 2 or especially for even that of the first Avatar film. And this is how sometimes they're able to get these numbers to be much higher. If they recognize that there are a lot less people going to the movies, then they want to get and need to get more money per person going. So that's why if you, and that's why when people say, how dare you talk about inflation? You have to, because the ticket prices today, one, are higher than they were several years ago, and two, the value of the dollar has changed over the course of that time also. And so when you do that, it's really one of the only fair ways that you can actually compare them. That's why these you know, media outlets, when they start to cover saying, oh, this movie broke this record and broke this record, it's like, wait a minute, when you actually adjust it for how much money that film would have made in today's world, using today's dollars and values, you realize that it didn't actually do that? It's disingenuous disingenuous so old sass member says i can i can wait for avatar 2 to be on tv got a bunch of other movies that are on my list to watch megan 65 nick cage dracula etc etc oh yeah i've been hearing a lot of people talk about the dracula film bruce says odin yeah mega megan is more of a thriller for sure yeah it definitely seems like it master gaming says i saw operation fortune russe de guerre de guerre and loved it that's a mouthful um, again, Sally Sound, you're asking the same question. Again, please don't spam, especially one that is not very relevant to the, the current stream of conversation. Jess Payne says, I heard Megan was mediocre but fun. However, I'm still yet to see it. Yeah. And again, I don't know if it's going to be enough for me to want to actually go see it, but Ambrose Chamberpot, welcome back to the chat. Bruce, tag to say about Megan. Director said they cut some scenes to get the PG-13, so there are some R elements filmed. Laura says, rewatch the menu, and yeah, I caught a lot of subtle stuff I missed. For instance, everyone's seating position is significant. Ooh, okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I need to rewatch it now for that. And I'm happy to hear that it is... Uh, I'm very, very happy to hear that it is on uh, streaming for people to be able to see. Uh, Orange Review says, the other charger pulled an amber herd. Poop the bed. Oh, no, never poop the bed. Great Wuda says, I'm hoping Mission Impossible makes a billion. I, again, would love to see it happen. Would love to see it happen. Verse Sci-Fi says, with inflation, what it is, should we up to, should we up the 1 billion point to about 1.2 billion for judging movies? So I would say no to the preemptive judging because inflation, right, it's all over the map. So the only way you can actually do more legitimate calculations is you have to wait for the entire year to be over. So that way you can see, okay, what is the actual average rate of inflation for that given year? So that's why I would say no, because it's all over the map right now. Uh, Sahil, what's going on? Tessay, how do you think Mission Impossible will do? I think the momentum of Maverick is going to push this close to a billion. Yeah, and I mean, the marketing campaign for that movie, I could see being very strong. if As long as they play their cards right, if they play it in the same way they did uh, Top Gun Maverick, which is focus on the visual effects, focus on those practical effects and those stunts, I think absolutely it's going to become that type of event movie. Um, and the big thing for me is make sure that it is a good story. Because that can have an impact. That can have an impact 
on whether or not the film can have as long legs could also have an impact on uh, several other factors too. So I said, I just want to see either Jeremy or Odin eat a huge slice of pineapple pizza. Hey, well, that is going to happen. We can guarantee that. We can guarantee that. Matt317, what is going on? Thank you very much for being here. Uh, let's see. Sally Sound says, why didn't Ant-Man and the Wasp make a billion even though it was released uh, between Infinity War and Endgame and had the time travel tech and the rat scene linked to Endgame? Uh, there's a few reasons as to why. One, if you look to the entire Ant-Man franchise, that's kind of just how that franchise does. Um, I mean, people like Paul Rudd, but he's, again, not that big of a moneymaker for one. Two, it's all about the positioning of when the film came out. Um, and I think I see what you're trying to get at there because comments have been made even by me about one of the reasons why I think that Captain Marvel made a billion dollars is because of how close it was to Endgame. So this one was in between, meaning that it was in a, in a more of a cool-off period than anything else. Whereas for the Captain Marvel, for instance, it was literally few a few weeks out. And so even if people didn't know anything about the actual story, you have a few weeks out from Endgame... And you think to yourself, this is a Marvel film coming out. Okay, this is going to be one of the last chances that I have to be able to catch up with it. And also, marketing-wise, Ant-Man really wasn't marketed in the same way that Captain Marvel was. And so I think a big part of it's marketing. A big part of it is just the type of story. And again, if you look to the Ant-Man films in general, they've never been big moneymakers. So uh, that's the reason why. Just because a film is in between two successful films in a franchise doesn't guarantee it. But the conditions were very different for, for Ant-Man versus uh, Captain Marvel. Let's see. If would Lane C. say, I'm nowhere near as well read as I wish in regards to Christian scholars. I don't know if Jesus was born closer to December 25th or 6th, uh, but the exact date doesn't matter too much to me. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we recognize that, um, especially for the birth year, right? That's something that... You know, every couple of years or every decade or so, we, we get a little bit more information to, to better pinpoint when the actual, you know, year of his birth would have been. But when it comes to the actual date, when it comes to the actual time of year, again, when you talk especially about December 25th to January 6th, it really isn't a lot of difference as far as the days are concerned. But we hold to the December 25th because that has been around for since they're almost very, basically from the very beginnings of the church, and a lot of modern scholarship actually really helps to back that up as well. But not much of a uh, theological stream tonight, so not going to go much more into it than that. Uh, exactly, Cannoli Sasquatch. Objectivity in movie exists. I love Tango and Cash. It's terrible, but it's fun. For sure. Let's see. Yolanda Gaines, welcome. Nearside Cyclops, welcome. Master of Gaming says, I would keep all the categories in the Raven Awards. I was going to drop the Shill of the Year, but I decided it's more fun to keep it. I love Shill of the Year. It's one of my favorites. Sally Sound says, what is the best ever religious movie? The Vinci Code, Passion of Christ, Ten Commandments. Uh, definitely not Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code is, is really garbage. Uh, it gets a lot of things wrong. And that's one thing that bothers me about films like that is, is when it just makes things up and is just... Silly. Uh, Pastor Christ, I I would argue, is is probably one of the best, um, specifically from like a Catholic perspective. If we're talking about just in a general sense, yeah, I would say of all time, you would have to go back in time to things like Ten Commandments or Ben-Hur, one of those. But I personally uh, love Passion of the Christ. The Mission is also a very good religious movie, I would say. 
All right. Let's see. Too old for toys says Transformers by Michael Bay versus Avatar. Your views on quality? Oh goodness me. Uh, neither. <laughs> uh, why have all Thor movies failed to make a billion? Uh, well, again, a billion dollars is not something. It's kind of in our minds that a billion dollars is 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 expected for these films. But when you actually look at the the list of all MCU films, even when you adjust for inflation it really isn't very common amongst all of them, right? There's a bunch of them that have not gotten to a billion dollars. The Thor films, well, for the first, like, firstly, the first movie, it was very early on, right? It was pre-Disney era uh, of taking over, and so it was one of the first MCU films to exist, really, right? It was within that first crop of MCU films to get released. You You had Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and The Incredible Hulk. And then you had also first Captain America and and Thor. So it was within that first crop of movies. It is also, again, remember, these were not always household names as they are now. It used to be something where, again, unless you were into comics, you wouldn't really know them as the actual characters, right? Thor a bit different because there's obviously the connection with um with Norse, you know, with Norse mythology and things like that. Um, but that's a part of it. Another reason, Thor the Dark World was trash, um, so that didn't help it to be a bad movie, right? That didn't help it at all. And I would say you would then have to take all of those other things into account. Again, there's a myriad of reasons as to why that is true, or as to why that happens. Input Latency says, my ideal is truth. I want to follow the truth. I believe the Catholic Church is true, but I want to deepen that faith. Uh, well, the best way to do that, of course, is prayer. That is number one. We just were going through this in class, actually, this week, because um, we're in the Sermon on the Mount. And the three pillars of the Christian life are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. If you want to get deeper into the faith, those are the three criteria of where to uh, fall into. By the way, please do um, not... <laughs> please don't uh, spam a bunch of questions either. Uh, I try to answer as many as I can, but when one person or two people or whatever it might be spams a hundred questions. It's not as fair to the other people who I might not be able to get to because of the fact that I do read comments and questions without having people do super chats. So anyway, over on Odyssey, we says the more Cameron opens his mouth, the more glad I am. I didn't see crap, (laughs) crap, crap, a too. hashtag hugs and prayers for Tina. Absolutely. Prayers for, for Tina, for sure. All right. So a little bit of a break there I will take so that we can jump into this new story here. So again, this is talking here about the saga of what James Cameron has been saying about Avatar. As it says, James Cameron says Avatar, the way of water will break even paving way for future sequels release. Notice that is January 6th. So that's yesterday, the feast of the epiphany. And he is saying there will break even. So that is indicating that as of the time of the most recent interview, which I believe was either the January 5th or 6th, that in the eyes of the filmmaker, it had not broken even yet. Let's go through the article. It says, James Cameron believes Avatar The Way of Water will break even and is confident Disney will proceed with the sequels. Well, I never doubted that for a moment. It's amazing how many people in my comment section say, I can't believe you were doubting this film. It's like, no, no, no. I knew the film was going to be bad because the first film was bad and this one didn't look very different. And sure enough, I was confirmed in that. But also, I never downplayed the fact that the chance of this movie making money was absolutely possible. 
I may have indicated saying, now if it's really bad, maybe that has an impact, or maybe these certain things can have an impact on the overall totals, but I never said this movie was going to be a flop. What's interesting, though, is that based on what James Cameron's saying, it sounds actually like a chance of a flop was a lot higher in his mind than in the mind that I had, because I was going based off of the numbers that were being given by Disney, whereas James Cameron seems to have his own numbers in his head. It goes on. Had had Avatar 2 not been a moneymaker, there was a question about whether Cameron would realize his full vision of three more sequels, despite the fact that he's been in production on them. Which, again, is also one of those other things, where he says that he has concerns he won't be able to finish his quote-unquote vision, and yet he is still in the process of making them. So this is something that I said earlier on when when people were first reporting on this. Like, uh, you know, did you hear James Cameron indicated that the film needed to make $2 billion? Oh, did you hear James Cameron actually changed his mind and said that it probably is closer to $1.5 billion, even though he never said those numbers ever? He just said, oh, it has to be within this range of movies, and then people connected the dots on those. Yeah. Interesting that he's saying those things even though he's still in the process of making the films. So clearly he has the money and he has the go-ahead to continue on these projects. So for him to try to indicate that is, is rather disingenuous, I would say. But I digress. Cameron's comments were on the latest episode of Who's Talking to Chris Wallace? I would actually say that's a great title for a show because honestly, who is talking to Chris Wallace and why? Uh, the three-time Oscar-winning filmmaker also clarified statements. Oh, clarified statements he made to GQ magazine. He told them back in November that the sequel would need to be the third or fourth highest-grossing movie in history just to break even. So again, that was the quote from James Cameron: third or highest-grossing movie in history just to break even. Those picks, as anyone who could just look that up quickly pointed out all grossed over $2 billion. So that's the reason why that number was being floated around because it came from the mouth of the filmmaker himself. Now, apparently he's gone back. He says, Cameron told Wallace, well, I never actually gave it a number. I said it would have to be among the highest grossing films in history and somebody else applied that number and it got picked up. The number's actually less. Notice how he says the number's less, but he doesn't change what he said initially about it having to be one of the highest grossing films of all time. Just an interesting point, I would say. He goes on, Avatar Wave Water stands at $1.54 billion worldwide, just passing Top Gun Maverick as the top grossing release of 2022. Worldwide, absolutely. I still hold out some hope that Top Gun Maverick will at the very least be the number one domestic box office grosser, but there's no denying the fact that Avatar's domestic numbers are doing quite well. Uh, It's also the ninth, ninth grossing movie ever, and the second top-grossing film of the pandemic after Spider-Man No Way Home's $1.9 billion. And again, ninth-grossing film ever without adjusting for inflation, which is, a, just as with James Cameron's comments, incredibly disingenuous. It's like trying to say, oh yeah, even though there are films that sold countless more tickets, we're just not going to acknowledge that And we're just going to ignore them because back then the tickets cost so much less that all we're going to do is look at the raw number and not actually take into account what the actual value of that money is. Disingenuous. For anyone who says, stop talking about inflation. If you're saying that, you're in a cult and you're a part of the problem. 
<laughs> it goes on. It looks like with the momentum that the film has now, that will easily pass our break even in the next few days. So again, this is coming from just within the past few days. So according to James Cameron, he says, one, oh, in that GQ article, I did say it needed to be one of the top films of all time. And then people went on to say, oh, well, that would mean the film would make $2 billion. And he's like, well, I never said that. It's actually a little bit less than that. But then he goes on to say, after the film has made $1.5 or so billion, then in the next few days, we will easily pass it. So is he trying to say that eh, it's not $2 billion, it's maybe $1.75 billion, $1.8 billion? I just think it's interesting. Again, my charting, I go based off of what the studio has put out there, which is a lot less than what he is indicating this film apparently costs. So either the film costs somewhere between $350 and $460 million, which is an insane range for a, a budget. And again, that just shows you how just convoluted this entire thing is because that's just from the articles that we get from people who have again reports from studios about this we also then have the actual filmmaker himself of whom there are some people that just seem to worship at his altar who is saying that the film needs to make between what would you say that this is fair of an assessment james cameron according to your own words i'm just going based based on the director of the film the guy making it who probably has an idea of, of the cost because I believe he's also a producer on the film. Are you trying to say that the film needed to make somewhere between 1.5 and 2? Is that a fair assessment, between 1.5 and 2? Because if that's the case, you're saying that the film has either just broken even or is about to break even, meaning it hasn't made any net profit yet. If you are to go by what James Cameron says. I go by what the studio says. Maybe that's to my detriment. But it's, again, amazing that people will go after me for just taking the words of, of James Cameron at face value when I myself am actually giving the film the benefit of the doubt and being $200 million in net gain profits. So even though my charting shows the film being a massive hit success with $200 million in profit, James Cameron is indicating it hasn't made profit yet or that it's just made profit or it's just about to make profit. So what is it? James Cameron, again, are you actually being genuine in your comments or are you just saying this to feed to your cult members who are going to say, oh, he says it hasn't broken even yet or it's about to. We need to keep going seeing it. Ridiculous. It says Cameron also said about the sequels break even. The point is we're going to be okay. I'm sure that we'll have a discussion soon with the top folks at Disney about the game plan going forward for Avatar 3. He's saying there isn't a game plan for a film that he's already shot and in the can, which he again says right there, already in the can. We've already captured and photographed the whole film, so we're in extended post-production to do all the CG magic. Yes, remember also, that's nine hours of CG magic that he wants to do. If we thought this film's budget was high and this film's break-even of... James Cameron's numbers of $1.5 to $2 billion based on what he has said. Imagine the cost of what Avatar 3 or even Avatar 4 is going to be. Goes on. And then Avatar 4 and 5 are also both written. And even some of 4 is in the can. We've begun a franchise at this point. 
We've begun a saga that can now play out over multiple films. Avatar 3 is re- currently sl- uh, slated to be released next year, the 20, uh, 2024, uh, December 20th. Avatar 4 in 2026, and Avatar 5 in 2028. Good Lord. Up until 2028, this film. <sighs> and again... Just to give you an idea, James Cameron also apologized for his crin- cr- apparently his cringeworthy Titanic Oscar speech. I took a lot of heat. He's still king of the world, to be honest. T- TBH. Is that really in an article? Drew Taylor from The Rap? This is from January 7th. So what I'm the reason why I brought this article up is to show you this is a recent interview. So he seems to be indicating, again, that this film needed to make around $1.5 to $2 billion to break even. According to what he has said, the studio says that the film only costs around 400 to $460 million, roughly, production-wise. That's without marketing. So who are we to believe? What's being reported by these Hollywood rags that are getting these reports from the studios? Are we to believe James Cameron himself? Because if we're believing James Cameron, the film has made either no money or is about to make money. Or, and again, this is 2023, by the way. This is 2023 that uh, this has happened. So again, very recently, within the last day or so, or at least I'll, I'll give you a little bit, maybe the last few days. In either case, that is what he is saying. Again, right now, as of the last update, this film is at 1.55. Let me do ahead and do a refresh. This is, again, what's being reported by thenumbers.com. If it, of course, will uh, refresh for me. But around $1.55 billion. So James Cameron, his own words, he's saying that this is either at the break-even or about at the break-even or a few days away. Oh, is 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 the numbers down again? Because... Here's the thing. A lot of people who might be going after me probably aren't even looking at my charting because guess what? Going based off of the average of the reported budget, I have the film right now, and this is before even the most recent update, pegged to be around, at this point, probably close to $250 million in net gain profit. According to James Cameron, though, not yet. So, again, that's what James Cameron has said using his own words, using common sense for anyone who's still going to try to defend him, saying, well, he didn't say this. He's being pretty clear, or at the very least, he's either being very clear in what he is trying to say, or he is being purposefully opaque in order to be disingenuous about the film. I'll let you decide what you think it is. All right, let us head over to Rumble. Let's see what's going on over there. Kincaid Rumschke tagged to say, I didn't see most woke movie on the list. I yield my time. Ah, yes, there it is. Oh, man. So for those wondering, it's 725 in the chat. It's 756 in real life. Again, I will be skipping some comments if I feel that they are being repetitive or or, or spam-like. So, uh, Selly Sound, same Reason I gave to Thor. Uh, Bruce says, Strange Brew, that is a callback for sure. Yeah, I've heard good things. I think, isn't that the one with Rick Moranis in it? 
Solzat says, Odin falls 23 minutes behind. Enough time to order that pineapple pizza and have it delivered after Mario makes a billion dollars, pretty much. Laura then adds, I second Tina's rule. Odin is being a cheer-tater, says Laura. Interesting. <laughs> Let's see. So says, the Black Panther first appeared in Civil War, so is Captain Marvel the only Avenger to make a billion in her first appearance? Honestly, I don't even know. You also have to adjust for inflation, and I don't have that list in front of me right now. And you've already asked a lot of questions. <laughs> Rosie G, I uh, third Tina's rule. I think I need a skillet upside the face, says Mr. Peabody. Ah, Ponhearts, what's going on? Great Wuda says, I fourth Tina's rule. Oh, boy. Bruce says, I call for a parliamentary procedure be held to follow up Tina's call for a rule change. That's not how this works. Uh, it definitely seems that way. Uh, definitely seems that way, Laura. <laughs> Kimberly G says, the Chiefs won. Howdy. Well, happy that you're happy. Uh, Laura then says, reclaiming my time. Forever sci-fi. Then I don't have a choice. I nominate Donald Trump as speaker at OMB Reviews. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Agoat1971 says, as far as blue fictional movie creatures go, the Navi are better than the outright transparently communist Smurfs. Ah, well, I'll let I'll let I'll let that be debated on the floor of the house. Just another red shirt. Howdy, howdy to you, Mr. Roy. What is going on? Welcome, 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 welcome. Uh, let us see here. So this was a comment that was hidden, so I can't highlight it. Uh, but it was from Ko, and it says, "What kind of background do you have for criticizing films?" Uh, Matt. So I my initial degree, uh, bachelor's degree was in film criticism. So I have a degree in film criticism. I have seen countless films. Uh, Akira Kurosawa, out of the list of people that you mentioned, is the one that I have seen the vast majority of his filmography. Uh, but again, as far as what you've seen is not nearly as important as do you know what you're looking for? And so I don't mention that very often on the channel. Just want to put that out, out out on the thing, you know. I don't start off saying I have a degree in film criticism, but I do have a film uh, a degree in film criticism. So, again, am I perfect? No, but I am capable enough to be able to make statements on the objectivity of certain elements of films. And just like anyone else, I'm also qualified to talk about the subjectivity because all of us can have our own subjectivity of anything. <laughs> now I see why he was timed out. So kudos to you, Laura. I know that you, I saw you in the live chat that you had to head out, but yeah, KO is, uh, uh, another, another, another one of these trolls. I don't think you know anything about film. You're just trying to get something to do. Yeah. I'm just trying to get something to do. And I've been doing this for the past four years. I still have a full-time job and I'm not planning on giving that up. This is not my career. I have fun with this. I love my community because we're a very small and mighty community and we do a lot of good for each other. So if all this went away tomorrow, guess what? I still have my family. I still have my friends and I still have my job. So I don't know what point you're trying to make with any of that, but <laughs> usually when you're having to pull that card of, I don't think you know anything about film. <laughs> good luck in life and god bless you exactly laura don't be rude simple as that that first question wasn't rude that second one absolutely was 
Again, we're, we're a family show. Uh, Nathan Slate says, why are people getting triggered talking about inflation? I think it's because one it's probably because of the a number of times that it's mentioned. That'd be one guess that I have. You know, sometimes you hear a word over and over again and it gets annoying. That's one thing that, that makes sense to me, right? That's a practical reason to not want to hear something or to get triggered by it. Um, the other could be the fact that it goes against and fights against the, 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 the very, uh, nature of what they're fighting for, right? It takes away the various points of impact. The again, now I'm blanking out on my own words here. Uh, not ten pole. The uh, oh my goodness, I'm blanking out on that. My brain is tired. Long week teaching at school. But essentially, it takes away any of the milestones. That's the word I'm looking for, milestones. It takes away the milestones, right? Because over a week ago, the media had proclaimed that the film had had beaten the domestic total for Rogue One. That actually wasn't true, though, because if you actually adjusted the numbers for inflation, you realize, oh, no, it actually still has a ways to go. And the reason why it's important is for a couple reasons. One, it keeps things honest, for one. And then two... It helps you actually know when a film, if a film, actually gets to that point. And since that time, Avatar has been able to to catch up to, and and pass, and be well on the trajectory to pass the entire domestic total of um, of Rogue One. So that is the reason why it's also important too, because it tells you exactly when these things actually happen. Anyway. All right, let's see. Yolanda Gaines says, Gone with the Wind is the all-time winner, box office-wise. It put butts in seats, and it had to deal with radio, stiff, uh, st- you know, stiff competition. Absolutely, Yolanda. Absolutely. Thanks for tagging. Yeah, uh, we, we did the adjustment for inflation on that film on Friday Night Tights, uh, I believe, and I'd done it before. And obviously, again, their inflation calculator, I would say, is, is probably on the more conservative side because we don't know what the inflationary number is going to be when it comes to the next year or two, uh, because things have just gotten so hectic. So things could actually be a lot. Things back then could be worth even more in today's dollars because of how devalued our dollar has actually become in today's world. But that film is pegged to be close to like $15 billion. And, and when you look at just the amount of tickets that were sold for it, how cheap those tickets were for that time, all these things are incredibly important. And yeah, Gone with the Wind absolutely is is an all-time winner. Gary Banjo Sandwich, tag to say, hi, bro. Ready for duck feeding 2023 the movie? No! I know what you did there. You watched Friday Night Tights. So Heel says, I've seen 2021 ticket prices at around 957. 2022 is probably much more than that. Oh yeah, absolutely. But then you also have to look to individual films. Someone had just mentioned saying, if you look at the show times for Avatar, the vast majority of those show times are going to be 3D or IMAX 3D. And what that means is that the average ticket price, the people going to see the films, are going to be paying on average more. So, Abomination over on Odyssey made a, a, a stunning, made a stunning observation there, saying 15 billion is higher than 3 billion. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right, still in the chat. 
Lucy says, Kovadis, that's, again, also a very good one. Forever Sci-Fi says, a movie can be objectively bad, but you can still gather a bunch of friends together to watch it and rip on it. Absolutely. Uh, One of the best things about The Room is that they have midnight showings, or at least I used to go to the midnight showings, similar to what they do for Rocky Horror as well. And the, the the whole point of it was to make fun of the film, yell things at the screen, throw spoons at the screen. It was fun. Zaheel says, I personally think not getting a China release has really exposed these films. The MCU does respectable numbers domestically, but in Europe, they're kind of duds. And I think that's also a good point, Zaheel, getting back to one of the points, uh, one of the questions that Sally Sound was asking. I think China release also has an impact on, on those total numbers too. Again, there's tons of reasons. There's tons of, uh, of criteria that are going to be the reasons to why uh, different films make different kinds of money. Soul Assassin, who is a member, says, If Tina was here, she'll post facts and knowledge on how the old 1920s Ten Commandments is the best. Yeah. Nathan Slay says, How does the movie Megan get called Megan? First of all, it's not the third film in a franchise. Second of all, it would sound like Ma Threegan, such a silly title. Well, one, it's it's supposed to be a, a clever title, because the three looks like an E. I am sure for anyone who has seen the film, you might be able to give a better, uh, you might be able to actually get, give a better ex- explanation because there might be something in the film that explains why that's the name of it. But uh, Gary Banjo says, uh, 404, unfortunately, we cannot get this program to you unless you are cool. Yes, it's episode 404. All right, Sally Sound again. Was WandaVision only popular because it was the first ever Disney Plus show? So fan theories went wild, but now we've learned lesson from She-Hulk. Could could very well be the case. Also, too, the first two or three episodes of WandaVision were actually pretty well, pretty well done. Um, The way that they were able to capture 1950s television... Uh, I thought was probably one of my favorite episodes, like the like the very clear ripoff of, of I Love Lucy. I thought it was very clever. But once the show actually happened, people's praising of the show went off very, very quickly. <laughs> it started off on a high and then dropped quickly. And then every other show saw very similar results. It started off okay and then it fell off like like, you know, it, it fell it, it fell so it fell <laughs> it fell incredibly hard. And then when you got to the point where you were at She-Hulk, everything was bad. So, alrighty then, let us see. Uh, Hardwick tied to say, uh, and last night, FNT, when discussing John Carter and Avatar, no one mentioned that James Cameron admitted basing Avatar partially on John Carter books. Interesting. Uh, and then went on to say George Lucas also admitted that John Carter books were a major influence on Star Wars and Siegel and Schuster cited them as an influence on Superman. Okay. And again, still stand by the comments about John Carter in general from the movie standpoint. Do you think that Fast 10 will make a billion? Yes, I do. Uh, I think that it has a good chance of it because it has a worldwide appeal. It's, it's similar to Avatar. Right, Avatar right now, it's doing well domestically. The question is, will it do as well as something like a Top Gun Maverick? Right now, we don't know. Again, very possible, but also possible that it won't. We'll wait and see. Obviously, there's still lots of time left for that movie to make money. Um, But it's clearly a much bigger film internationally. When it comes to Fast 10, same thing. 
when you look at international audiences, and this is not a dig or meant to be a dig at any of my European or uh, out of the uh, North American market, when you tend to look at the general audiences in those countries outside the United States, you tend to see a desire for more mindless entertainment. So that's why you see films like an Avatar 2 or like a Fast and Furious 10 or other ones like that do much better because they're, they know, oh, this is going to be a film where I can turn off my brain and shove popcorn down my mouth. And again, for some people, they like that. Does it make their movies good? No. But. All right. So skipping that because way too many questions. Harvey says, studios often claim inaccurate numbers. Paramount claimed Sky Captain World Tomorrow costs around $70 million to make, while Kevin Conran said it costs only a fraction of that. Then again, that's just the thing is that it's almost impossible to know what exactly is true. I, I know that studios typically, just like any company, have to release certain tax records, or at the very least, you could probably find it out from a freedom of information request, maybe. Um, but even then, again... Do we have a right to know what their numbers are? I guess if we were a stockholder, maybe. Um, but yeah, we that's that's the reason why for my charting, I go based off of what is actually being reported. And if multiple numbers are being reported, I take the average of those two because I just think that's the fairest. I want to be as fair as I possibly can. Uh, let's see. Sally Sound said, who is a bigger risk, Amber Heard or Ezra Miller? Oh, Miller for sure. I mean, Hurt's toxic, and I'm glad that the result of that trial went the way that it did because it it just exposed her for, for who she really is. Ezra Miller is actually doing, um, and, and even for this one, I, I also want to be careful because from, from what I know, most of what's come out about Ezra have been allegations, and I always tried to the very best of my ability be that person that is innocent until proven guilty. Now... There seems to be a preponderance of evidence that Ezra has done some bad things. I hope they get litigated. I hope that any crimes he's committed get brought to light. And if there are any crimes that have been committed, especially dealing with younger people, um, I, I hope that he and anyone who perpetrates crimes like that, uh, per perpetrates crimes like that, get prosecuted and spend the time in prison uh, and, and receive the justice that they deserve to receive. But... I think that as far as the overall look is concerned, I think Ezra is probably a bit more toxic. Uh, Laura, thank you for hanging out. You have a great night. Thank you again for, for hanging out as long as as, as you did. Uh, remember, if you want to have a voice in which categories of the Wednesday Ravens, again, we are doing the Wednesday Raven Awards again right now. The only vote we have is to uh, either keep the categories as we currently have them or to change them and you have a voice in saying which gets to stay and which gets to have and which has to leave let's say let's see uh kinkane rumsky says i didn't see sorry sorry i i, I read that one already but kinkane then said order order exactly it's what it feels like sometimes that's definitely what it feels like but KK Rumsky, thank you for always uh, holding down the fort over on Rumble. I love the new interface on Rumble, but the one thing they didn't do is give me a pop-out feature for the chat because if I could put the chat into my OBS window, everything would just be so much better because then I could actually see all's chats live in, instead of having to 
go back to the window and sometimes forgetting. But yes, uh, click on that link and vote on categories to keep, categories to get away. If one category gets uh, a, a majority of votes to have it be changed, then we will have a second poll for replacement category titles. But right now, uh, none has reached that. And uh, the voting for that will end on Sunday. So that way we can start to collect some nominations for those categories. I like to give a lot of time on the nomination collection process. All right. Uh, Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington tag to say, so Avatar all written, but if we vote no, it all goes to poop. <laughs> I know, right? It's just, it just feels so disingenuous. It's like, oh, well, it has to make about this amount of money. Well, not exactly that amount of money, more about this amount of money. Oh, so it still needs to make around 1.5 to $2 billion, according to you, James Cameron, to break even. And if that is the case, that means the film has either just broken even or is about to break even, which means that if this film caps out around $2 billion to $2.2 billion, that's not a huge return on your investment. Yeah, it's profit at that point. If we go by James Cameron's numbers, or at least his implied numbers, for those out there who are saying, you never said numbers. Do I have to read the quote to you again? Because he is, he's laying it on pretty thick about what he believes as the filmmaker needs to happen for the film to break even. So what is he, what, what is his game? Is he just a showman? That is a, a good question to ask. Is he an em empty shell of a formerly good director? Uh, that's a difficult question because do you mean now or 1974? That's a Billy Madison reference. But uh, who has my favorite film of all time between those two? Like my favorite of all the films? I would say probably Terminator 2. So James Cameron's Terminator 2, probably my favorite. Uh, Spielberg, though, has a lot of really good ones. Obviously, there's a lot of his classics, but, you know, I could go the route of Jaws. or. But I, I tend to go for films like Catch Me If You Can and Hook. I love those movies so much. Love, love, love. Uh, Nathan Slay, time to say, plot twist, James Cameron has messed with the numbers so that you couldn't look at it tonight. Yeah, James Cameron's the reason why the numbers uh, broke down. The numbers was down the other day, though, so I don't know what's been going on with them. But uh, it's not good. It's not good. Harwick says, what are your thoughts on the Evil Dead Rise uh, trailer? It's pretty good, in my opinion. I haven't seen it. I just don't really have much interest in the Evil Dead reboots. Uh, Laura, sorry. Ro <coughs> Rosetta Allen says, Cameron is a yachts always have, always will be. Uh, Eagle Rider, thank you again. Rosetta, for, thank you for being here. She is. Um, and again, I think that if anyone is going to have a legitimate argument about this topic, uh, she is Native American. And... She has issues with James Cameron, not because of other people's perceptions, right? Of other people saying, oh, it's so racist because of this or this. No, no, no. It's it's she goes after not the film itself. She, she goes after things that he has said in history that he has gotten wrong, which has then influenced his film. So I always appreciate her much more nuanced approach to that topic. Uh, Gus, what's going on? Welcome. I think I was being filibusted. It's not how this works. Rosetta says, I have seen countless films, just not from the 1980s. Yes, that is a fact, Rosetta. Yes. 
If if you call into question my knowledge of 80s films, oh, for sure. Absolutely, I will give you that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Shelby Love says, if you haven't read it, Kurosawa's Something Like an Autobiography is excellent. No, I didn't know he had made one. That's interesting. I'm not as much of a book person as I am a film person, though. So uh, there's still a few of his. Like High and Low is a film I still need to see. From, from Kurosawa. Um, I've seen the vast majority of his uh, Toshiro Mifune movies, especially, of course, his, his samurai era. I really want to get back into the uh, the Zato, Zatoichi series of films as well. Because those are fun. Rosetta says, if all this went away tomorrow, I would miss you. I would miss you too, Rosetta. I'd miss all of you. I was just saying that when we think about, you know, I, I know it'd probably be true for you as well. I'll, I'll let you speak for yourself, of course. But if if it's you and your hubby, happiness, right? General Wingster. Uh, clearly, Odin is using this channel to create a tax haven for his cartel money. Oh, yeah. Because of, of the massive amounts of money I make off of ad revenue from YouTube. Ah. <laughs> uh. Nope. I make enough. It's a hobby. I do it for fun. It's a hobby. And I make just enough to support my hobby. To buy Blu-rays. To buy 4Ks. And the vast majority of the ones that I end up buying are the ones that I actually just give away. I mean, this will give you a, an idea here. Especially for anyone who might be hate-watching me. See, see all of these? Blu-rays and 4Ks and 4K steelbooks? These are all going away. These, these are all being given away. I bought these specifically to give away. To supporters. Tax season ends up being fun because literally it's, oh yeah, I, I made this extra amount of money, but I also spent all of it. <laughs> because basically, if I don't spend it on things related to the channel, then it just becomes taxable. And since this is a hobby and not a job, it's silly to have to pay more in taxes. So it's like, might as well put it back into the channel by doing giveaways and everything like that. Uh, Rosetta that says, we're a family show. Oh, I better be quiet. Well, we try to be. We try to be. Nathan Slay, a horror movie is just a trend on a trend where they have crazy mothers. I mean, Psycho, Carrie, and now Barbarian. Uh, it is interesting. It is definitely interesting uh, to point that out for sure. But there again, we, we see older films that have that trope as well. Purpose Sci-Fi says, kind of hard to figure out inflation when the government prints a few trillion dollars every four months or so. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's going to be several years before we absolutely know what the current value of our dollar is and, and can then truly be able to make uh, much more fair comparisons. So, all right. Chad has jumped on me like it always does. It's 819, so we got about 10 minutes left. So if you've already asked a lot of questions, I please ask you to to hold off uh, and just have conversations with the people in the chat because there's some awesome people in the chat that are well worth having the conversation. Yeah, speaking of, of uh, one thing, uh, as I said, I mentioned this on Friday Night Tights uh, the other day. So this is with the adjusted for inflation uh, you know, switch on over on the numbers.com. So $15.5 billion dollars for Gone with the Wind versus Avatar's 3.5 billion. <laughs> so, yeah, 3.5 billion dollars. That's that's impressive. Good job, Avatar. 
But oh my goodness, $15.5 billion. So, and I, of course, am going to point out that is, does that mean that this is exactly the amount of money that, that it's worth? Not necessarily. But what we can say for sure is that this movie absolutely uh, made a crap ton more in ticket sales than Avatar. More people saw Gone with the Wind than Avatar as far as actual tickets are, are concerned. That we can say. Abomination over on Odyssey says, If all of this went away tomorrow... There would be no one to prove you ate pineapple pizza. That would be true. That would be true. Over on Rumble, Kinkin Rumshki says, After this Rumble upgrade, I predict more faster updates for Rumble. This upgrade seemed to be uh, seemed to set us a foundation. I hope so, man. I hope so. It would be really great to have even simple things like being able to create a, a playlist. Um, I, I like using Rumble because they... Um, I like the fact that you can listen to things at a faster speed, just like on YouTube, but you don't have to buy YouTube premium to have it play in the background. If they can somehow get even just playlist going that, that to me would already be a pretty huge game changer, but for the streaming side of things, if they can just make their live chat pop out so that I can make it into a tab, I can then put it into OBS and then I don't have to worry about switching between windows and then, making y'all wait as much like I have my honest odyssey has pop out chat so I can actually put it into my OBS since that's why I am able to get to odyssey chats uh, pretty quickly when they tag but I do again ask people to tag uh, thank you for also Kimberly G I appreciate you pointing out the obvious as well but yeah it is amazing that people don't seem to get it, it says Odin is the critic who is a cynic I like getting a different perspective and learning to scrutinize more. So many reviewers like everything. I need Odin for an alternate viewpoint. Yeah, and the other thing too is either either one, people just kind of gloss over that and then they're like, you're just so negative. It's like, bruh, did you skip the beginning of the video? But then also too, people wrongly think, oh, you just hate everything. And it's like, okay, well then you also don't watch my content either because there are a plethora of films that I enjoy in a given year. One of my favorite films of this past year, actually I have a copy of it next to me because it's going to be in one of the giveaways, is uh, The Banshees of Anishirin. Great little film. Uh, you know, Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Martin McDonough, who uh, did one of my favorite films of all time in Bruges of, with, with these same actors. So great uh, drama. It is a drama. It's not a dark comedy. It's a drama with comedic elements. A dark drama with comedic elements. In Bruges was a dark comedy with dramatic elements. But I love that film this year. That film was phenomenal. Top Gun Maverick. Phenomenal. So, again, it's amazing how many people just don't quite understand. Just don't quite understand. <sighs> fan stick for I just saw Fan stick and I had to do it. Ben Dowdy says acronym. Southeastern Kaiju, who is a member, says the three looks more like a power charger, indicating she's powering up. Oh, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Uh, Sally Stanton says, do you think writers are more important than directors? James Cameron may Terminator Dark Fates. It was trash because of bad writing. Um, again, it depends because there's different kinds of directors. There's actors, directors, so they focus more on the actual performances. Uh, there are writing directors, right? People who focus more on the actual story. So sometimes they aren't able as 
aren't as able to balance being the writer to tell the story versus really directing the actors as, as they probably should. Sometimes that ends up being for the better. Sometimes not. You then have visual directors. I, I put uh, James Cameron and um, more so Zack Snyder than James Cameron, where for them, they care more about the vision. They care more about the big picture. And normally that it, it's those kinds of, of directors where things are much more likely to go bad because it normally means story isn't as much of a primary thought. So says says, John Carter was not that bad of a movie. No, I actually, I actually quite enjoyed it. Nathan Slay, this joke has been made before, but Fast 10 should just be called Fast 10, your seatbelts. <laughs> That's actually the first I've heard that. Yeah, Sahil, I think it's a good point. Yeah, Europeans don't care about Fast and Furious. It's, it's much more of a uh, China. Yeah, maybe Asian markets. I think that would. So again, when I say outside the United States, I'm not specifying any specific market except outside the United States. So I, I think you could say it could be South American markets, right? It could be the Asian markets. It could also be European markets. All of them tend to have different types of movies that they go out to enjoy. So your average Patriot nerd, what is going on? Thank you for being here. Master Gaming says, I prefer the Raven Awards and then the Oscars because anyone can vote at the Ravens, unlike the Oscars. Yeah, and some people have said, it's like, well, how is it any different than the People's Choice Awards? And it's like, well, last year, for instance, there were very slim pickings when it came to movies. So because this is still my channel um, and, and, and it's my award show, I run it. If there's times in which there is a tiebreaker, for instance, I, I, use, my, I use my authority as Speaker of the House. Um, uh, the House of Asgard to to break the tie, right? Or to make decisions that 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 add, let's say that only four films actually get multiple nominations, and then there's a several films that only got one nomination. Well, again, I use the authority that I have to to add the one that didn't get more than one vote, right? To be able to complete it and make a five instead of it just being four nominees. So like things like that. Um, so there is a bit of a level there and it is something I would love to be able to expand out. Like I would love to be able to add like not other categories necessarily, but I think it'd be really cool to have the more down to earth reviewers. So people like, you know, my boy, John Flickinger, but also people like drunk three PO, uh, force of light entertainment, the, the salty nerd crew, um, geeks and gamers, of course, to be able to also, get involved, right? For those that have seen the films to be able to give ratings and then to say like, here's our highest rated and the one that we in general liked the most, because I don't know. I, I think that that could make it more interesting where you have, again, a people's component, but then you also have, um, uh, a different component as well. An oligarchical component. One could even say, Mr. Peabody, I say, but if Avatar 3 is already in the can, how is he working out how much each film cost? <laughs> Again, very good question, Mr. Peabody. Uh, the fact that he is just, and that's why I think, and you can go back to one of the first videos of me talking about Cameron claiming these numbers or implying these numbers. Sorry for the people saying, he never said those numbers. I will once again pull up what he has actually said, all right? He said that um, <clears throat> it would need to be the third or fourth highest grossing movie in history to break even. 
How else are you to take that other than, oh, it needs to make roughly $2 billion to break even because that is what the third or fourth highest grossing films in history. And also, too, was he using the non-adjusted for inflation scale? There's another there's another uh, wrench to throw into the machine there. What if he's talking? What if he's talking about adjusted for inflation numbers? Is he saying that the fi- now obviously I don't believe this to be the case. Is he saying the film needs to make ten billion dollars to break even? No. But anyway, it's like don't play cover for for a billionaire who who is off in Pandora Land. <laughs> he doesn't need it. Favorite sci-fi says James Cameron. Step one: collect blue people underwater. Step two. Question mark. Step three, profit. I, f- I really honestly feel like he, he should just be in his own version of the producers. Step one, we find the worst screenplay in town. Step two, we raise all this money. Step three, <laughs> we flop. Now, obviously, he's not flopping, but Harvey says, Raiders of the Lost Ark is better than Terminator 2. But, uh, okay, yeah, talking about the Spielberg, because I was like, those are different directors. That's right. Um, I would say as a film, there's an argument there, but as far as what, what movie am I going to watch over and over again? Terminator 2. Hands down Terminator 2. Uh, is a female only cast Fast and Furious movie? Good idea. Or I'm just going to on the face of it say no. Evidence, Ocean's 8. Uh, Sherry Allen, what's up? Says, I have to agree Fast 10 can reach a billion dollars to the people. Have a great enthusiasm for flash cars and racing uh, mixed with fans of Vin Diesel. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Very much. Um, and uh, I think that's a very good point. By the way, Sherry Allen, and to everyone that won the the, the Christmas, uh, was it the White Elephant? I, I call it the Dirty Santa giveaways. All of them have been shipped. Uh, the two uh, ones that I have not shipped yet because I was waiting for shipping addresses. First off, Abomination, know that you're still hanging out over on Odyssey. I got your shipping, so I'll be sending yours out soon. Uh, but Dan Crane, I've reached out to you, and I've gotten a response on YouTube comments, but not in the actual email. At least last I checked my email. So Dan Crane, Dan Crane, I feel like now I'm on the House floor doing a roll call vote. Uh, a roll call vote. Dan Crane, I need you to email me so I can know where, where to ship your, uh, your, your, your copy of Top Gun Maverick. Orange Review says, some religious news. I'm getting the rosary that you made blessed tomorrow. Thank you. Hey, no problem at all. No problem at all. Again, I give away rosaries for those that uh, reach out and request and just tell me what their uh, preferences are as far as, you know, color, style, and whatever I'm able to do, I, I send those out free of charge. Um, and uh, yeah, I, lo- I love doing it. Uh, Eagle Rider. Rosetta says, I am Lakota and from the tribe he actually slandered. Yep. So, not only does she know, it's personal. Nathan Slay. My opinion, Tarantino is the greatest director ever. You can tell that he cares about the movies he makes, and most of them I love. You've heard me talk about Pulp Fiction enough. Very true. Um, And again, I agree that he is absolutely one of the best directors of all time. But I think that I still would prefer... There are probably some films, like Terminator 2, uh, that I could point to that I would rather watch. Though I love most of his films. So, 
All right, we are at time, so I'm going to try and get through as many of these last comments as I can. Sahil, I hope you're right, man. I hope he eats the pineapple pizza. And again, I I think that Super Mario Brothers film is going to make money. I just don't think it's going to make a billion. Harvey says, do you have a Blu-ray of the Rocketeer yet? I'm looking forward to whenever you get it. Um, So I believe someone had sent me the Rocketeer. Um, I'm trying to see if I still have it next to me or not. If not, I, I believe I, I have access to it. But again, still have other things. There are films that have been sent uh, by studios that I don't want to do reviews of. But I, I feel feel bad not doing it. This is one that actually I got back during Christmas time. Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Uh, once again, they've labeled it the collector's edition. Why? Because there's bonus features. Come on. And then I've mentioned this one already, but I just have been dragging my feet on it. The collector's edition of Halloween ends. Oh, goodness me. So. Let's see. Bruce says, I have a ton of movies that I'll be sending your way soon. Well, thank you, Bruce. I appreciate that. Mr. P.Y. says, Adam sent me a Blu-ray player, so I'm going to need one of those Top Gun Mavericks. Oh, well, you'll, you'll have to win one of the giveaways. You'll have to win one of the giveaways. Should Christians watch horror movies, or can Christians watch horror movies like The Exorcist Omen? Uh, it depends. Depends on the person, really, and their disposition. If they are not in a good place in their faith life, most exorcists would say that they should not. Uh, if you want more information on that, I recommend a great priest. He is an exorcist, and he's very open about uh, the process and, um, and his experience. He also has a degree in psychology, so... That's a very important thing to have because some people have the wrong perception that the church just says, oh, you're possessed. No, no, no. In fact, the vast majority of people that go to see him, his name is Father Chad Ripperger. Uh, uh, Father Chad Ripperger. Um, look him up. Great, great priest. Great commentator. And he really has a lot to say about the issues of our modern times. But also, he he kind of goes into that, right? Of if you are the type of person where you don't have a strong faith life, it's not good to open yourself up to something like that. So, Jerry says, thank you for some of the insights, how you run your channel. It's cool that you make it as a hobby that benefits everyone. Hey, no problem at all. No problem at all. And again, obviously, I benefit from it too. But the benefit that I get is I get movies, right, that that I'm able to to watch and review and, and collect. But typically, when I buy one for myself, I buy two or three to give away. Um, I'm able to keep my audio and, and video upgraded as well. So it's all, again, all stuff that, that goes back into the channel. I love doing it. I love doing it. Excuse me one second. Excuse me. Glad I have a mute button. All right. Again, getting through last minute comments. So if you already asked a lot of questions, I'm probably skipping over it. Uh, Bruce, who is a member, says total avatar budget equals $2 billion divided by three. There. Yeah, seriously. That's what it feels like. It's like, so what you're saying is that it may have cost. Bruce then says, or is it four? How many after the first is he making again? So he is making, and the article here mentions it. So he's finished Avatar 3. Remember, he wants to have the CGI magic, as he describes it, finished for Avatar 3, of which there is a nine-hour cut. Think about how much that budget is going to be for that movie. And then Avatar 4 and 5. So five total avatars, but from the one that's currently out, there's three more planned. With, I'm sure, more potentially. 
Uh, Rosie G says, nope, I'd watch Raiders over and over, and first Terminator is better. Fight me. Well, Rosie, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to fight you. You're too nice of a person for me to fight you. I mean, I'd win in that fight, but it's because I'd, I'd use my Taekwondo that I learned over 15 years, 20 years ago. <laughs> I have a black belt. So you, you just watch out. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Soul Assassin says, I doubt Avatar will make it to five. I sure hope not. But if you look at the comment section on my last couple of videos, you see why, one, this film is making money, and two, why there is a good chance that the film will continue to make more. But anyway, with all that being said, let me go ahead and clear that verbal sparring, my dear. Verbal sparring. Ah, I see. Well, for you, it's text sparring. And I already know it's unfair for for someone who has the ability to speak versus someone who can only type. It's never a, it's never a fair fight, uh, to say at the very least. But anyway, that is going to be it for the show tonight. Once again, if you have not yet voted, please make sure to click on that form. I just posted it in the chat. I'm going to post it over on Odyssey and on Rumble, which probably has a question for me. Um, let's see. King Gain Rumsky says here, I'm late to the game on this one, but why Raven Awards? So a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I wanted to do a boycott of the Oscars because the Oscars became ridiculous. And I thought it'd be really cool just to have a, a fun alternative show that's not really all that serious, right? It, it, it has no real bearing on anyone's life. But guess what? Neither do the Oscars anymore either, right? Um, but it, it was meant to be just, again, a fun night to celebrate the best films of the year, the worst films of the year, celebrate things that people otherwise don't celebrate, like stunt crews, you know, stunt teams. So we have in a category that's all about, hey, who had the best stunt work of the year? What was the best fight scene of the year? Um, and, and things like that, where the Asgardian community and others could be able to, you know, make their voices heard. Uh, for the name of it, it came from the fact that, obviously, my nickname and the reason why I go by Odin is because it's a nickname that I had uh, from high school. And so I decided to, to, to keep it as, as the name I would go by, uh, just, again, to try to protect anonymity to the best of my ability. And so one of the things that Odin is known for, for having ravens, right? So Odin's ravens. And so, also, Wednesday, uh, if you look to the origins of the word Woden's Day, which is a variation of Odin, so it was just meant to be a really fun play on the fact of Wednesday, Raven Awards. Woden's Day, Raven, Odin's Ravens Award. So, yeah, for anyone that maybe didn't know that, that is the reason why. But again, link has been posted over on Odyssey, Rumble, and on YouTube. So please make sure that you check that out. Uh, John Katarski, hey, thanks for, for chatting over there at the very end on Odyssey. appreciate you being over there. Yeah, if you're ever on Odyssey or on Rumble, never be afraid to to post a comment, to, to tag. Um, again, at O to the very beginning of your comment. You don't have to super chat. You don't have to donate by your stream labs, though that is incredibly appreciated. It does support the work that I do. Uh, allows me to do more giveaways and, and and things like that. So with all that being said, I hope that we all learn something tonight, right? That uh, James Cameron is a guy that likes to speak a lot and uh, <laughs> is, a, is willing to appear on a show that I didn't even think existed because when CNN Plus failed, I thought Chris Wallace was done, but apparently he got picked up on HBO Max instead. Um, but again, main story from tonight... James Cameron is claiming his film either has just broken even or is about to break even. 
Dan Crane, there he is. Dan Crane, email me. Dan Crane, you need to email me. Odinsmovieblog at gmail.com. In fact, let me let me check my email right now just to make sure that you didn't email me while while I was live. So that I, yes, no email. You have not emailed me. Email me. You must contact me, Dan Crane, so I know where I can send the <laughs> the movie that you want. So please do so, because I I have abominations, and once I have yours, I can then print those out on the same sheet. And uh, get those in the mail for y'all this week. So for anyone that did win that Christmas giveaway, uh, if, uh, again, the vast majority of you, except for the two that I just mentioned, um, you should be able to get it within the next uh, week or so. For anyone international, as anyone knows, it it could take uh, anything. Uh, You know, it it could take a long time. Abomination says, yeah, Dan, and don't worry, even though Odin writes emails like a (laughs) bot. It's because I I don't have enough time to respond. And also, it was like, a, hey, thank you. And I wanted you to know that I received the email. I always try to to add that as I as, I, as much as I possibly can. But anyway, thank you all very much for your love and your support tonight. Uh, let me know your thoughts in the comment section if you're watching this after the fact. Do you think that James Cameron just speaking out of his rear? It sure seems that way. Um, do you think the break even is 1.5 billion? Again, if you're going by James Cameron, who some of you might worship, um, at least it seems that way, then you would have to go by his word, and his word says that the film needed to make 1.5 to 2 billion just to break even. Are you going by that, or are you going by the numbers that even I'm giving on my website, OMBReviews.com, which indicates that the film's already made like 250 plus million in profit? I I have a guess as to what (laughs) your answer probably will be. But anyway, I want to say thank you to everyone for watching tonight, for smashing the like button, live the fire button, Aussie, and smashing the rumble button. Really does mean a lot, always a lot of fun to do these streams. I will see you all again on Tuesday for the Tuesday Welcome to Asgard podcast stream. And uh, we'll see what happens between now and then. Uh, make sure that you check out the top link in the video description below if you want to find the links to the Discord server. Tons of fun that we have over there. Tons of different sub-channels as well for different topics. Uh, also, you can direct message me on the Discord as well. So it's an alternative to email if, if one prefers. Um, and you also have links to my social media. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm back on Twitter for those that maybe missed that announcement uh, about a month or so ago. I am back on Twitter. I'm trying to be a little bit more limited on that to the very best of my ability. Um, And uh, you can follow me over there as well for news, politics, box office, movie reviews, etc. I cover it all. Anyway, thank you all very much for watching. Much love to the mods in the chat tonight. Peabody, thank you for hanging around. Laura, the mod major general, thank you for hanging around as well. And also Tina was here earlier. She made an appearance. So uh, Tina, if you're listening at all or listening back to this or if anyone... Uh, can clip it and and allow uh, some way connect with Tina so that she knows that she can just listen and not have to worry about actually uh, trying to read it. Um, we love you. We have your back, and we're we're glad to see you. We were very glad to see you back in the chat, and very a lot of people. Everyone was glad to see you back in the chat, also. So anyway, you're all amazing. Have a wonderful rest of your evening, everybody, and as always, God bless. 
And now for a huge shout out to all of my January Patreon subscribe star and locals members at the keeper of the Bifrost level and above. Starting off with my Patreon members, Father Luca Illich, Garrett Searles, Jaimir Ari Hymason, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Orange Chat Reviews, you can check out on his YouTube channel, Orange Chat Reviews, Rosetta Allen, who you can check out at her YouTube channel, Eagle Rider, and Miss Martin Muses, who you can check out at her YouTube channel, Miss Martin Muses, and of course, the amazing Empress of the Universe, Tina B, who you can check out over on her YouTube channel, Tina B, with her show, Soup to Nuts, which she does, um, tries, to do, tries to do every single week with her friend and with fellow uh, Valkyrie and fellow mod of the channel, Stephanie B. And of course, I do want to give a special shout out to Tina B and make sure that everyone knows that our prayers are being extended towards her as she continues to recover from complications that have occurred uh, recently with her medically and has resulted in a loss of eyesight or at the very least of, of more clear eyesight. So to continue to offer our prayers for her. Also, a shout out to my subscribe star peeps, Matt317, who can check out on his Twitch channel by the same name, The R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J-Rod, The Beer Guru, and The K-Man, who can check out over at xtheboundaries.co. And last Lastly, to my locals members, Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan, How About a Hockey Player, J.H. Schwalbach, Brett D. 90, and the amazing lawyer, Brett, oh, sorry, and the amazing lawyer, Robert Barnes. So thank you all very much for supporting me on Local Subscribe Star and Patreon. If you want your name shout out at the end of every live stream and video, please check out the top link in the video description below where you get access to this and also, of course, to a monthly podcast that I do with John the Flick Flick Plickinger. Also access to a giveaways channel on my Discord where I give away films this month. I've got films like Seven Samurai on Blu-ray from the Criterion Collection to give away, The Banshees of Anishirin, Tommy Boy Steelbook, Edge of Tomorrow 4K, and tons of other 4Ks and Steelbooks as they get released over the next month will be available. And also, of course, digital codes as well so if that any of that sounds interesting to you check out that top link and join over on patreon subscribe star or on locals you guys are all amazing and beautiful people hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and as always god bless